Ed podcast. My name's Steven. My name's Gannon. And we have like probably the coolest interview in the world coming up. Yes, this one was a lot of fun. I, I couldn't believe this was a complete and total surprise. I presented a clinic at TMEA and I got an email afterwards that said, hey, you got to come interview this guy because he is amazing and would be perfect for your podcast. He's from Jerusalem. He plays in the Jerusalem Symphony Orchestra as an oboist, and he's founded one of the most progressive and awesome music technology companies in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he's just such a super nice guy. Oh, um, yeah. Real sweet to talk to, real open-minded, um, has lots of great ideas. I really enjoy just listening to him speak. Uh, this is going to get you excited about being a music educator. It's going to get you excited about the future, and uh, lots of good things coming up in the future, both for this podcast and for music technology. So we're just trying to get you excited. So uh, woo and who. Woo. Woo who. Yeah. Uh, and we will be uh, listening to this interview next. This interview took place at the Texas Music Educators Association convention. Uh, go ahead and check out tmea.org if you get a chance. It's a great organization if you're a Texas music educator. Or even if you're not. Even if you're not. <laughs> if, if you're like an Oklahoma music educator or some of those other states. Yeah. All right. So you guys take care, really enjoy this interview. It's a total blast. And okay. I mean, and we're already recording, so the podcast has started. As oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. All right, um, I would like you to introduce yourself so that I don't mispronounce your name on the internet. Okay, so my name is uh, Igal Kaminka, and I'm from Israel. I'm a long way from home here in Texas. Uh, and I'm spending your time in the Texas Music Education uh, Association Conference. So did you come to the United States just for this conference? I came just for this conference. Wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, of course, I'm representing um, um, my project that's called Joy Tunes from Israel. I think we're going to talk about it later. Yeah. And, um, but I'm also a musician myself. Uh, I'm, um, I'm a professional oboist. I'm the principal oboist of the Jerusalem Symphony Orchestra. Um, and uh, yeah, I have a double master's in music uh, studying in Germany, in Karlsruhe, the university there. I'm performing solo with orchestras in Europe and in Israel. And uh, so I'm here also uh, in a general interest, kind of to see like the music education scene around the world. Oh, that's really cool. Have you, uh, have you been through Texas very much before? I've never been to Texas You've before. never been to Texas? And I bet you haven't even seen one horse yet. Well, you'd be surprised. Oh, you have? <laughs> you yeah. were around the Alamo, weren't you? Well, no. I've been in the convention center and in the rodeo. Oh. That's the two places I visited. Oh, very cool. So I, see, I saw a lot of horses and bulls, and which really don't want anybody to ride them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty scary. That's pretty scary. <laughs> that's intense. Yeah, well, we're, we're really excited to have you here. This is a really treat, big treat for us, just to be able to talk to you about these things and kind of share in your experiences and what you're doing. Um, Tell us a little bit about um, how the music programs work in Israel, what, what people kind of go through, maybe starting in elementary school and getting into, I don't know, do you guys have middle schools and high schools and stuff? Yes, we you do. do. Yes, okay, we do. And, and maybe some of your experiences, I don't know, just kind of 
We're, we're yeah, showing so our ignorance of other cultures <laughs> yeah. right now. I know. I, I know nothing about Israel except there's a lot of bombs flying around. That's what usually people know, but it's actually not really like that. Uh, this is a whole different topic, I guess. Yeah, um, no kidding. <laughs> That's a big one. <laughs> of course, what you hear in the news, it's not well, what's really happening, and it's, it's certainly not how it feels living <clears throat> there. So uh, I'll start with uh, just the music education scene. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, it's very much similar to what's happening generally in the U.S. I'm not sure exactly how it's in Texas. Um, so uh, in Israel, in elementary school, probably in the second or third grade, Everybody's going to play recorder, almost everybody, I guess. And that's going to be for one year or two years. Um, and that's obligatory. So everybody's learning recorder. And after that, there's kind of a whole, some, uh, whole of music education. Some proceed to play in some wind bands or string bands. They mostly don't go on playing recorder like I did. Um, so they go on to play in bands, but the band band scene, um, the marching band, is not a strong th- thing in Israel like it is uh, in Texas and the U.S. in general. You don't really have um, you don't really have uh, marching bands because um, I mean you don't have football. <laughs> so that's also one of the but, one but, of the things. But you do have marching bands a little bit. We have a little bit marching bands. We 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 have the. The, the army, so we oh. have the, the marching band of the army. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a very good, very big thing. And of course, many cities have their own wind bands, uh, but it's not as prominent as it is in Texas, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, so actually, what happens is after you finish learning in school recorder, and uh, some actually learn uh, some to play keyboards, um, but then if you decide to go on, then that means you're probably very serious because because um, usually people don't. And then after you finish high school, uh, it's obligatory to go to the army. Uh, boys have to serve for three years, uh, and girls have to serve for two years. And then I served uh, as an army musician. That was a special unit. I played chamber music to soldiers, explaining about music and stuff like that. There was, But there were, I think every year only like 20 people are accepted to this unit, and if you're not among them, then you have to do other stuff and practically you have to stop playing. Mm. So if you go beyond that, you're probably very good. And then what happens is after the army, there are, we have a couple of uh, music academies. We have very few people actually attending these academies with uh, the, the level being very high. Because, I mean, if you cross the army and if you did all that and you're still a musician, you're probably very good. Mm-hmm. Wow. So... Do you feel like that um, that kind of inhibits the musical growth of uh, like professional musicians in your country because so many of them are forced to quit playing for a couple of years, two or three years? I mean, do, do people pick it back up? Um, so that's what I was saying. People who do pick it up are the, the ones who are extremely motivated, mm-hmm. the ones that really have it in their blood. Yeah. So usually it doesn't happen. I mean, many people... A lot of people keep on playing until the army, and then they, I mean, sometimes in the army you can do really interesting other stuff. I mean, it's not only soldiers and combat; it's intelligence units and some very interesting other th- stuff. And then you kind of, it's kind of a known thing that after the army you kind of start your life, you start thinking about what you want to do, and that's usually not music. Wow. So, and uh, I mean, that's not really unusual though. Whenever people finish up there. 
you know, secondary education and high school here, most of them stop playing an instrument anyway. It's only the people yeah. that are most motivated that still make it. So I, I wonder if it's just the way it is everywhere, that a lot of people stop when the school programs are over. Well, maybe. I, I've spent some time in Germany also. Uh, I've had my studies there. I spent five years in Germany. And I can tell you that the, the, the culture there is very uh, for music. Um, so um, a lot of people, I mean, it's very common to go on with music. Um, and everybody, I mean, everybody knows how to play, I guess. Um, everybody heard music and classical music in their house. And, um, and it's, uh, it's just you, you really see a lot of people attending all these academies. Every small city has an academy, a university of music. Uh, the level is actually not as high because, I mean, everybody is just, I mean, a lot of people are going there. Mm-hmm. So uh, you just have, and each small town has an orchestra. It's uh, because the, I mean, the crowd, the audience, really love classical music, mainly classical music. Um, we went uh, and just watched a clinic that you did uh, about an hour ago. It was really exciting. And at the beginning, you showed a clip of you playing oboe. It was the Flight of the Bumblebee, and it yeah. was very impressive. Thanks. Very cool. Uh, when did you start playing oboe, and how did that progress into a career for you? Well, I'm going to have to start earlier. I started at kindergarten playing cello, and I was really small. So the cello was much bigger than me, and I couldn't stand it, and I never practiced, and I was horrible at it. Uh, and in the middle, I started recorder in, in the elementary school, and you know, I was really, really talented with it. I had all the support, and I was really progressing really, uh, really fast. And I decided, I, I mean, wind, uh, wind instrument is the thing I want. And in the sixth grade, I started oboe. And I just, you know, it's a funny story because... Um, I mean, my family is not a musical family. My parents are not musicians. The reason um, they, I went to study actually cello, they all, they all told me afterwards because I, I had a talent for, for like back rubbing. I was really good at back rubbing, but I was a little child and I didn't have any power in my, <laughs> in my hands. So they asked some people and they said, oh, send him to, to, to learn cello. It really strengthens the fingers. <laughs> so that's what they, they actually did. They sent me to learn cello. And that's how I came to music. That's kind of ridiculous. And, that's that's um, amazing. The cello and masseuse school. All and also, <laughs> I have I have a funny story for oboe because um, my mother she really likes like klezmer music. And when when I went to the conservatory in the sixth grade, and I went to the principal there, he kind of interviewed me to see what instrument is appropriate for me. I wanted a wind instrument, and my mother said I want him to play clarinet because I really like klezmer music. And he, and he practically lied and said, because they had a bunch of clarinet players, but they didn't have any oboe players, and they were just starting a new wind band, and they really needed an oboe player. So he said, yeah, oboe is just the same for playing klezmer music, and <laughs> you'll see it's just really the same. And uh, so I just started oboe and went on from that, and I don't play any klezmer music. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's exciting, because I do. I've been on a kick the last two months. I've been researching online, because I'm a clarinet player. Oh, you know, but that's that's really cool. <laughs> okay, and completely random. That was wonderful. And wow. so yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> when, just gonna show you. You never know. Yeah. When when you were in the military, did you play oboe during that time? Is that what you were playing? Yeah. Well, yeah, I I had a quintet, a woodwind quintet, and my job was to go around the country between bases and uh, play concerts, ex- like we call them, explain concerts. Um, 
that you play a piece and then you explain about the instruments, about the piece and everything to soldiers. So actually giving like music education to soldiers who usually have no idea about music at all. Um, so that was very exciting and very challenging. Of course, we had to cut down the classical music and put some uh, more popular things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Woodwind quintet, pop music, I like that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we have that, uh, some apparently. Adele. Yeah. <laughs> some Adele. We didn't have any Adele, but some like more popular Israeli songs and stuff like that. Huh. That, that's really yeah. neat. And then whenever you came out of doing that, you went straight into, into what? Into the Jerusalem uh, Music Academy. So I studied uh, four years in Jerusalem Symphony, uh, not Jerusalem Academy for Music, and uh, I finished my, finished my bachelor degree. And then I moved to Germany to, to, um, to study, to have my master's there. The thing is that, I, I mean, I have music in my blood, um, I mean, I really do. But the thing is, I always loved doing many things. I mean, um, I was a recorder player. I continued playing recorder until the, um, until this very day. I have actually my I have a double masters, one in oboe and one in recorder playing. So I used to play a lot of recorder, a lot of oboe. I I actually sung in a barbershop quartet. <laughs> I sung in a in. A, you're, you're like my new best octet. friend. I'm just, that's, that's, <laughs> yes. that's awesome. Stephen loves this stuff. Right, that's good. I mean, I love this stuff as well. I <coughs> sang in the like, kind of um, a cappella octet, like the Swingle Singers, if you know the oh, yeah, name. Yeah. So it's, it's like the most famous octet in Israel after the Swingle Singers kind of style. So I did that. I had most of my money made from being a singer, actually. I conducted an amateur choir. I did all these th- stuff, but uh, then I j- kind of realized I have, I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm not a professional in any anything I'm doing and kind of an amateur this and that and all these and I decided I have to focus because if I'm not going to be a professional at, and on at least one of these things then it's just not going to work so I decided to just put all that behind me and focus on oboe uh, so I went to Germany and uh, I did that um, started my second degree after three months I almost went insane because I only did oboe, and oh, I started, and I started a, a, another master's degree in recorder as well, and then I started, of course, uh, baroque oboe. I play uh, the authentic instruments from the baroque time. Oh man, that's um, great! That's so that, I just came back, you know, to doing all these kind of stuff. I don't sing anymore. That's kind of my the sad part of the story, mm. but um, yeah, I like doing a lot of stuff. So a little side question: How many hours a day do you spend making reeds? That's a that's a you you know oboe players yeah. I guess I do I do um, <laughs> I used to spend a lot of time until I decided I'm not gonna do that anymore that it started to drive me crazy and actually I'm one of the examples of people who are least doing reads right now uh, I think I'm probably once every two months I'm kind of have a I have a weekend where I'm just intensive work on reads and then making reads for the whole for the whole uh, next month so uh, oh, cool because it just it was dominating my life I mean uh, I heard people <laughs> it's really it can drive you insane this thing I, yeah. I had friends in Germany who told me that after a concert they are sacrificing a reed breaking it as a sacrifice to the reed gods <laughs> uh, and they were serious they, they were I mean half serious right. yeah but the, the, the <clears throat> half part which was serious was kind of troubling so um <laughs> So, I mean, I just really decided I'm going to learn how to do it really right 
And then if you know how to do it, you don't have to spend so much time because if you're making five reads and three of them or four of them really work well, then you don't have to spend so much time on it. Yeah. You know, in universities here, um, we'll have uh, practice rooms, you know, for all the students. And then there are individual read-making rooms um, for students just to sit there in this little cave with no windows. And usually the doors don't have windows So either. you don't have windows as well in, in Texas. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, is it kind of an international not thing not, not to have windows in read-making rooms? That's Why do they have that? No distractions. It's like Walmart. You know, they don't want anybody to get out of there before they finish, you know. <laughs> Buying everything. Yeah, right? you you got, you got to work on your reads. Or losing their sanity, one of the two. Oh, yeah. yeah, so a lot of Opal players are lost their sanity. <laughs> yes, yes, A lot of sad, sad cases. <laughs> that, that's wonderful. Um, whenever we were listening to your clinic, I got really excited because you seem to be on board with what a lot of educators are realizing, and that is the world is changing at this completely and entirely different pace. And it's, it's probably always been true to some extent that there's a difference between generations. But it seems like that has grown exponentially in the last 25, 30, 40 years. Well, just since the Internet course. especially. Since, right. since the Internet and since the smartphones started kicking in, that's oh, yeah. even more, that's even faster. When, what, so, yeah, can you, can you tell us a little bit about what that vision is? Because that works into what you're doing now. Uh, yeah, well, I'll be very glad. I mean, the, the differences between the generations, the, the terms... I've been reading a lot about that. The terms that they use um, is like they call people in their 40s, 50s. They call Generation X people in their late 20s, 30s. They call Generation Y and people um, and uh, students, people younger than that, they call Generation Z. And each generation have their own characteristics. Characteristics. Thank you very much. I will say that too. Took Gannon two tries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and own their own needs, and um, our students. Uh, I mean, the generation is getting is changing faster and faster, and in the near future, it's going to be really a different world. Um, and and if you're talking to in, in the music education world, I mean, basically, the the basic methodology of of teaching music hasn't changed in 400 years, and just now in the last 20 years, it's starting to shift, but not as fast as the video game world, uh, Xbox, Nintendo Wii. I mean, how can you compete with that? I mean, the, all, the whole idea of, of, of my project called Joytunes, uh, I came back from a, a vacation in Germany, and I visited my nephew, and he, he was studying uh, piano. And I t- so I asked him, oh, how is it going with your piano, you know? He was like, yeah, it's fine. But you have to see my, my new Wii game. And he was so excited about that. And... Um, he showed me this Wii Tennis, and I, I, I took a look of his, uh, like the motorics needed to play that. That was, I just thought, why not use that to teach music? I mean, to, to really get beyond the technical stuff, the frustrating, tedious practicing experience, use that and make a game out of that. Uh, because we cannot, we cannot possibly compete with, um, with the experience of playing the new video games. The visuals, the the audio, it's it's just overwhelming, and uh, when you have all that distractions, I mean, have no chance as a as a as a music teacher. Uh, when I was a kid, I I never practiced. I, I hated practicing. I, the only way you could make me practice, I would open the radio and I would just started play, uh, started started to try and play whatever I heard, and that was kind of my way to escape scales and all these <laughs> horrible things that they make you do. <laughs> And uh, so what we're doing, our project is all about 
giving motivation to practice by what I call gamification, making a game out of it and turning the scale experience into a fun game. That's, that's great. I think a lot of us observed, like, you know, a few years ago, I, get, I don't know, maybe five, ten, whatever years ago, the Guitar Hero phenomenon, where they came out with this Guitar Hero guitar, and people spent days and days building up the coordination to play this, you know, silly game with this fake guitar. And I know it occurred to a lot of us that if only they'd spent all that same time and energy on an actual guitar, they'd actually probably be pretty decent. That's exactly what I thought, and when I saw Guitar Hero, um, that, that's what I thought. Why not make it with a real instrument? Why not translate that into a real music education experience with a real, real value in it? Because, I mean, also people started learning, uh, play, playing Guitar Hero, and some of them decided they want to learn, actually learn a real instrument afterwards, afterwards. So that's what we're all about. We're kind of giving the, trying to give the Guitar Hero experience but using your own instruments, and uh, we we had a rough time developing the technology to to uh, it's called a signal analysis, just um, recognizing the sounds in real time. So there's no cables or hardware needed. It's just you put the iPad on top of your piano and you just play, and it listens to you, and you control the game while playing the piano. So that's how it works. I, th- I think that is just mind blowing. Like, you doing that right there, you've crossed a line in how we can use our instruments to interact with things like video games and stuff like that. Um, you know, we have some stuff like that in the States like called smart music um, that can kind of do that stuff pretty well. But it's always really dry, and it's put in um, very... Uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's it's just basically it's you know staff paper with a line that moves along as you play. It's very dry, very educational. Yeah. Very. Here's your scale. Play your scale right. You didn't play it right. Okay. Play your scale again. You know. There's there's and no fun to it. There's no exactly. interaction. There's exactly. no interaction. So there's not I, that I, back and I really forth. respect the, the smart music because uh, I mean I, I know their products and it's uh, it has a great educational value to it and it gives a lot of options to teachers. But one of the first things I look at when I'm assessing an, uh, a tool, a new app for music education is, is it energizing? Is it interactive? Is it a real alternative to the video games they have just lying on the other side of the room waiting to be played and blow their minds away with all, all the, the amazing graphics and the, the whole game experience? So what we try to do is really have a game twist to it. Not only that, I mean, we're walking between a fine line between the educational value and the game mechanics. And one of our team um, team members, uh, I have to tell you the story, he applied for the job. He's a great coder. But we had a lot of great programmers, coders, uh, applying for the job. But the, the thing that made him be selected is that he put in his CV that he was the European champion of playing Tekken. Tekken is the, one <laughs> of the fighting games. The fighting games, like Street Fighter. Yeah. And he was the European champion of playing Tekken. Wow. And he actually put that in his CV. That's a crazy thing to put in your CV. But that got him chosen. <laughs> that he, he's a, a genius gamer. And he, he's putting uh, game, mechanics in the, game mechanics in the software that you just feel like you're playing a video game and you're not noticing even that you're actually practicing. I mean, the dream is that, that you dream of playing your favorite game, and you just by the end of it, you become a better musician. So that's, that's kind of the key phrase here. It's, it's combining those two experiences. Exactly. That's, that's exactly. really cool. You had a neat table uh, of all those different words, you know, about how you evaluate uh, a different tool. 
Um, do you, I mean, do you find many other tools that are anything like what you're doing? I mean, are there, is this emerging? Are there a lot of things happening or do you, have you, are you, I mean, yours is the best I've seen. And Thank I, you. I looked around at a lot of them and just not having to use any controllers and the response is really good. It really is processing in real time. And, uh, we, we got to kind of test it out during your clinic and it, it was fun. I was having a good time and uh, I don't think it was designed for people my age. You know, but yeah. I, I was having a good time. Yeah. Well, it's not designed for people your age, but we do have a lot of people playing it because we are, I mean, our content is uh, really radio hits. We have like Adele co-play uh, Bruno Mars inside. So we have mm -hmm. a lot of people play, playing that just for, to get the, to learn the songs. Um, they are, I think this, this whole uh, movement of music education, uh, it's really fast growing in the last two years uh, some applications are, are trying to do what we do, uh, recognizing real instruments. Um, so, uh, I mean, before two years ago, our only competition was like a, a colorful method book with a playback CD. But uh, in the last two, three years, I mean, a lot of applications are, are trying to, to get into that. And uh, I think this is the general direction. This is the future of music education. I have no doubt about that. This is seriously the future of music education, and it's going to be the way people will learn an instrument, any instrument, I think, in about five, five to ten years. That will be the, the, the way people will start learning an instrument through a game, because the, the whole point here is also crossing the, the beginner phase, which is the most frustrating when you don't get the satisfaction of actually playing a song, uh, making music. You're just with, stuck with the technical stuff, so... It's going to be with any instrument, with guitar, with piano, with all the band instruments, with saxophone, uh, string instruments. Everything is going to be there. Um, I, I guess we better start describing what the, your, your actual products are like. We're, <laughs> we're getting into all the details without oh, explaining yeah. what they are. Um, yes, and I, these people haven't. That's right. We're in we, clinic. <laughs> right. So uh, can, can you tell us a little bit first about your recorder series, and then we'll move on to the piano. Okay, great. So I'm a recorder player. That's one of the reasons we started with recorder. And um, what we have is actually we have two products, uh, two tools um, to teach recorder. Um, bo both are available online. Um, recorder Master uh, is totally free. You can just... Go there and, uh, and play the game online. And the whole point here is that it works playing your own soprano recorder. You don't have to connect anything. You just have to have an internet connection because it's online. And you have to have a microphone, which is in most, most uh, computers it's built in. It works with a PC and a Mac, so it's no problems there. And then it just you, you follow a road, like a campaign, teaching you really the works, the ropes, of, um, of playing recorder from the first notes and uh, additional notes, playing them together, practicing them together. You have uh, different kinds of mini games working on different skills. So you have, uh, of course, the, we call the target game for working on finger technique and learning songs. That's the basic game. But you have other games as well. For instance, um, the, we, we call it the flying game, which you're actually you're, you're flying an airplane by playing a single note just playing long tones. So this is a translation of an exercise for playing long tones for, uh, for uh, correct tone production, tone stability. We transform that into a game. You're flying an airplane, and you have to keep it up. And when you're playing the note, it goes up. And uh, the, actually, the, the strength of your blowing controls the height of the plane. 
So you're intuitively learning where is the right place because you have prizes waiting for you just in the right height, the right pitch. And then you learn how to play just in, the, in this intuitive way. You learn how to, to play in the right pitch and keep it stable. So, And we, we were watching this. And so uh, you demonstrated this during your clinic. And you would, you would take, and when he played quietly, the plane was closer to the ground. Whenever he'd play louder, it registered and the plane went up in the air. And so yeah. by playing louder and softer, you were able to take and move and you collect these different prizes. They were music notes. Yeah. And fly around and avoid obstacles and do that. And it looked like it was really fun. Yeah, it's really fun. And actually, this is a, one of the, the, the most popular game with recorder teachers because, I mean, they, they, they spend months trying to teach their, their children to blow just more than a, you know. <laughs> right. To, to actually blow or, or some, some, some students come and they take the recorder and like <laughs> inside, <laughs> which makes this terrible squeak, yeah. horrible squeak, and this just in ten minutes they learn just they learn how to blow inside the recorder. That's right. It's really working really really well. Otherwise, yeah. you crash the plane. Well, I, yeah, I, mean, I actually crashed the plane inside the clinic because <laughs> I was saying something that was quite embarrassing. <laughs> oh, it, it was good. That's the, I don't. Know, I think this is absolutely genius. It takes something that we haven't been doing music education with these small little technical. Um, things that they have to learn that's always so frustrating it gives them those goals it gives them why do i want to play with a good sound oh we got to keep the plane in the air of course so you know, uh, the, it, it gives them that tangible right in front of their face goal and one of the challenges is here really thinking about breaking down the specific skills you need to play an instrument and create a game that works on that skill um so we had that with the airplane we had for tone production and um and the target game, each target is activated by a different tone, you would practice fingering technique and you would learn songs and timing. And we have one for ear training as well. When you have the character jumping, uh, you, you hear uh, the, the characters playing you a sequence and you have to repeat it and you're jumping between steps. Uh, and if you don't play the right note, you're going to also fall down. I mean, it's a very basic ear training, but that's, that's the level you need at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's working really well for really well for the recorder um, recorder master and the other type of uh, game we have the recorder express so what we did is we took a method book by Alfred Publishing and we kind of translated that into a, a computer game so it just follows page by page the, all the exercises and songs inside the, inside the book and you can just you know you get the book as it is your, your teacher wants you to, to practice with the book but then you can just play the same exercises in that game and in a format of a game of a, of, a, of a video game. So that works really well as well. And so what I noticed is, you know, the animations are all really neat. Everything you're playing has background music, so you're really kind of being forced to play in time and pay attention to what's happening too. Of course, of um, course. I, one of the things I thought was really neat is how you could integrate that with a teacher. If you're teaching a recorder class, your kids can actually send their results and their progress in that game to you. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. So uh, what we have is a special teacher platform we developed. And really, just by with one click, um, any student can, can – there's, there's a tab above, and you can press Connect to Teacher. You can find – type in your teacher name, connect to him, just like connecting to a friend on Facebook. And the moment you're connected, a teacher is going to get – weekly progress reports showing you ex- showing him exactly uh, how the student has been practicing at home. And of course, when you're talking about recorder teachers, they have sometimes, I mean, dozens and dozens and sometimes hundreds of students because they're teaching large groups. And uh, 
So if they really can get an indication who needs special attention, who had problems, and who is moving ahead nicely. So that's a, that's a huge thing as well, and they get... Uh, everything is free, of course, and they get uh, free downloadable sheet music and playbacks of the songs uh, from the game. They can use that in the classroom. They, they, we have a bunch of uh, class activity ideas that they can read about and use it in the, cla- in, in the classroom format, uh, using a smart board, using a projector, uh, all, all sorts of, uh, of great ideas. And that's, of course, besides the main purpose is to, to encourage um, practice between lessons. Um, something that you mentioned in your clinic that was really cool is that you, you see this thing as being a tool, but you were explaining to us why it could never really replace the teacher. So all of us that are scared to death that computers are going to take our jobs <laughs> in the near future, um, why do you think that that isn't the case? Well, I'm a musician, so I know it for a fact that no, no technology in the near future is ever going to replace uh, an actual teacher. Um, I mean, there are limits to what technology can do, and of course what we're what this whole field is about is teaching music, not only the technical stuff, but teaching musicality, teaching phrasing, teaching style. Uh, we cannot do that, that yet with technology, and I don't think we're, we're ever going to be able to. Also, articulation, that's a very important thing about um, recorder playing. Um, the purpose of these games is to actually focus on the technical side, of the coordination the, the blowing, the finger technique, um, the technical side of learning to play an instrument, and then teachers can actually focus on the really important stuff and the interesting stuff of teaching, um, really to, to how to phrase, how to play more musically. I mean, to give the, the musical soul to the teaching. I think that's why we became musicians, not because we can play B-A-B-A-B-A really fast, but because we, we can make music well, we, with these notes. I mean, that's, that's why we're here. So the whole, pu- the whole purpose here is to really um, clear more time for teachers uh, so they don't have to, to deal with the technical stuff and they can, they can really focus on the interesting and important stuff and the fun stuff of making music. That's what, what, we're, what it's all about. I love it. Really good. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I and, think, and we have fantastic. one for uh, for the keyboard as well. Uh, before we go to that, yeah. um, your your model works. You're giving this all away for free, which we love. We're all about free music resources, uh, which which is great because you can integrate them right now. You don't have to call. You don't have to get a purchase order. You can just go get started with this. That's really neat. But uh, it seems like you have a business model kind of like I was talking about musictheory.net in the last podcast and earlier where you give away this content for free online but you can also take and download an app that will let it all be contained on an iPad or an iPhone, uh, those type yep. of things, so that you do have a method of making income if people want to do that, but it's incredibly affordable, or just use your computer and do it for free. Is that how it works? Yeah, for Recorder Master, it's just the online version. It's totally free. Uh, if it's available for the iPad, not, not the iPhone, sadly, okay. but only the iPad. They're little, those iPhones. Uh, yeah, it's, too, it's just too small. And um, so the the App Store version costs uh, two dollars, which is I think it's it's pretty cheap. Uh, and then you get the fantastic. whole thing. There's no inner purchases, no anything. So just get the whole thing. The Recorder Express thing, it's a joint project uh, with uh, Alfred Publishing with their book. So um, I mean the online version, uh, the first section is is free. And then if you want, you can you can just upgrade it to the other sections. But the first part is is totally free. Uh, if you want, you can buy if you buy the Alfred book. The Recorder Express, then you get all of it bundled together. 
so that's that's how it works there. But our our own product is totally free, um, and we just want to spread it out there. I mean, uh, to, to to make a difference. I mean, that's what we're here about. Is that the name of the app, Recorder Express? Recorder Recorder Master is the name of the app. Uh-huh. Uh, the 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 name of the of the book uh, is Recorder Express. It's, that's the name of the game corresponding okay. to that book, okay. Recorder Express. Very good. Great. Uh, now, what really excites me about your other product is that I heard of it before I ever knew you were going to be here. Uh, I, I'd seen it pop up on my iPad as something that I might be interested in, and you, this was my thought. I looked and I go, well, it's a cool idea, but it can't possibly work, and I never even thought about downloading it. And so I'll probably download it now whenever I go home because I've seen it, it. It does work very effectively, and it's a really neat uh, thing you're doing. Can you tell us a little bit about Piano Dustbuster? Yes, so Piano Dustbuster is a is an iPad app we released about eight months ago, and it's been a, a very big hit since then. We had almost one million downloads by now, and wow. uh, and and the actual thing is that we, I mean, people are just going on and playing with it because uh, because we have all this content, which is, I mean, you, you can get classical music and opera music and all that stuff, but on the other side, you can you have radio hits, you have Coldplay, you have Adele, you have Bruno Mars inside, you have Leonard Cohen and the Beach Boys. I mean, you have really everything you can want and it teaches you how to play it. You can you have the practice mode, teach uh, and, and really study, uh, learn the song at your own pace. And then we offer this, uh, this cool arrangement of background music, uh, really giving the, the whole sense of a showtime, of a concert. So you can play your favorite songs, learn how to play them, and play th- and and actually perform with them. And um, what's really cool is that our, our statistics is that we have almost uh, about eight hundred thousand songs being played every week. So that's that's a really cool cool figure, and people are really staying. I mean, if you're talking about retention figures, also. I mean, um, we have um, amazing retention figures because we're really giving a real educational value here, and people are just coming back and and playing their favorite songs. So they're, they're doing that over and over again? And over and over again, and, uh, and uh, after a week, after a month, after six months, they're just coming back and playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the, it's a really cool app. It's uh, the, the latest thing we, we, we got out. So the, also we got bigger and better by then. So the, the graphics are all, all better. The game mechanics are, are really cool. You have like a, one of the things you have, which is really cool, it's like um, a leaderboard, a daily leaderboard for each song, showing you the 25 top uh, players all around the world live, uh, the 25 top scores uh, playing this song. So you see, I mean, people are really excited. That they see they finish a song, and they see their number 12 in the whole world playing uh, Grenade by Bruno Mars, for instance. <laughs> and they really get excited about this, and they, they try to do it again and again. to be. I, I, they want to be the number one in the world, Playing Bruno Mars, so the and and they they kind of get they get to know the other players. Oh, this guy from China, he beat me yesterday. <laughs> I gotta show him this time. I mean, uh, it's really cool. So um, so talking about like how how the program actually works. You know, I was, I was watching it go by. It reminds me a lot of Guitar Hero, but the one advantage that it has way over the top of Guitar Hero is that you're using a real piano. We're using a real piano. And there are no, I mean, as I mentioned, no, no hardware or, or any connections. Just put it on the piano and it listens to you. And that's the, the uniqueness of our technology. And, um, and we have also, 
I mean, if you, also you don't have a piano or keyboard, we have an option to play the on-screen touch, and then um, you can just try it out, and it's actually a lot of fun. You can play it on the road, you know, spending a lot of time on the train. You can just play your favorite song and learn how to play it and, and get to play it yeah, with, with this exciting music, uh, cover versions that we have. So... Um, that, that's really neat. And the other big advantage over Guitar Hero is that all of your action takes place on, on the staff. So well, we have, we have two modes for, for, big, for, for the advanced ones, advanced people who actually know notation or people who want to learn notation. So we have the staff master, we call it, the staff master mode. When you're actually playing, uh, it comes horizontally on a staff line just like sheet music, and then you're, you're actually learning uh, sight reading because you have the, the the note names just beside the the, the germs the, that's the the characters who are coming you have the note names just beside that you have the note names on top of the of the keyboard itself at the touch screen so you can match that and you can actually learn uh, how to sight read um, so that's one more one mode that we have but if you don't know any notation how to how to read music then we have another mode coming um, just from above that's really even more like a guitar hero and then you just it comes above and lands on the on top of the keyboard the touch key, uh, the the on screen keyboard and then you can just press that keyboard you want to play it indicates which keyboard you want you have to play just you play it and you find yourself playing a a cool song that that's really neat because uh when we were talking about your recorder program before uh, that you can get online for free. It, it's a method book, more or less. Like, it takes you step-by-step step through tone production and then through yeah. learning notation and things. Piano Dustbuster is a practice tool. It's a practice tool, and it offers just um, uh, all the content in the world that you that you would want, and uh, it's actually divided from difficulties. So if you... It recognizes... We have a system that recognizes your level. If you played a song was a medium difficulty and you played it not so good, you have a recommendation song offering you the next uh, the songs you should get according to difficulty and genre. So um, that's how we also keep, it, keep the interest going because we're recommending songs which are appropriate for you all the time. Um, so my, my question, uh, by the way, is... Uh, sorry, I was just thinking back. It's such a cool concept, your game. Uh, you, you, you play a grandma which doesn't sound exciting in and of itself, that is like <laughs> dusting these germs, keeping them out of their Yeah, house. that's the, 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 the storyline we have. You're playing a granny with a duster, and uh, you have all these germs trying to come and sneak into the family piano. That's like the official story. Okay, and, you, like and you're just, you know, kicking them off with yeah. a duster. It's, I mean, it's, it sounds kind of stupid, but it's just funny. It's, it's great. Well, it's, it's hilarious. not any more stupid than any of the other games that we play. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're not throwing birds at pigs, you know. <laughs> not anything like silly like that. Yeah. Uh, that's that's really cool. Uh, now, what what's next? I know you were talking about you're working on an app because this a piano dustbuster is all uh, is all one hand, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's currently one just one hand. It's main, mainly made for like an introduction to music and introduction to piano. We were surprised by the amount of teachers who are actually using it with their students just for fun reasons. Uh, but what we're planning right now, and it's the it's going to launch in about a month. So the the first beta ver- version of it is a much more extensive learning tool for recorded t- for uh, piano teachers and piano students. Um, so you're going to have both hands, treble clef, bass clef. You can choose which hand you want to practice. And it, the, whole, the whole setting is going to be like a campaign mode 
that you have you have all the you have a list of skills that you have to collect. Each song is gonna give you points in different skills, and you have got, you you would want to level up your skills because then you're gonna uh, rank up the, your general rank. When your rank is higher, you unlock additional songs, which you I mean you would want to play the Rolling in the Deep by Adele. That's but that's available in the next uh, rank, so you're really gonna have to try and practice hard to get to the next rank. And that, so that's from the student side. But actually, we're offering kind of a, a solution that I think is uh, is more kind of a, a general kind of overview of the problem. Um, we're gonna have a solution for the whole triangle. So it's gonna be a really cool app for the for the for the students, uh, but also for teachers. It's gonna be a really easy way to give home assignments using this app, and also a great way to to get uh, and find new students because um, students are going to use this app much before they are actually studying piano. I mean, in, that, in the Piano Dustbuster, it's for the general uh, public and um, just music lovers, piano lovers, not necessarily piano students. And it's, uh, the new app is going to be also the same, and they're going to have a button to find a teacher. And then it's, the app is going to offer them teacher based on location, the nearest teachers to their location, and then they can contact the teacher directly. So it's for the teacher, it's going to be a way to, to get more students. The students are going to actually come to them. And the third part of the, third part of the triangle is the parents. Um, I think what we're doing here, one of the main uh, pains of, uh, of uh, piano teachers, uh, aside from lack of motivation to practice, is that parents are not involved at all in their, in their kids' uh, um, studying process, learning process. So... And it's a known fact that uh, if somebody is learning uh, to play, if his parents parents are involved, um, I mean the the progress it's much faster. I mean it's it's uh, one of the the things we all know. And uh, I heard I heard uh, piano teachers I interviewed quite a lot, and they actually some of them feel like the parents treat them like a babysitter. I mean they're just you know they put the they put the students there, they can forget about them for an hour, they have a break, and they, they pick them up. So um, what we're going to have what we're going to have is like a set of parent involvement features. We we know parents are busy as well. So we're going to make it the easiest thing in the world to to be involved. For instance, if a student starts a new piece, let's say the Beethoven for Elise um piece. So the parent is going to get a message from us uh, saying your your child just started playing Beethoven for Elise, and this is all the information you have to know about Beethoven and all the information about this specific piece. And then he can share all this information with his child, uh, telling him about Beethoven, telling him about this piece, and getting them connected. Another thing, I mean, another option we're we're having is uh, the minute um, a student finishes his daily or weekly assignments, a practicing assignment, then the parent is going to get a message from us. And just with a click, he can reward his his child with additional points. I mean, just you know, getting this dialogue between the the, the parents and the student, getting them involved. I mean, in the future, we're looking at uh, we have uh, so many great ideas. I mean, for instance, um, we want to have the the um, the student be able to challenge his parents for a duel. So the <laughs> The student is practicing, and then the, the parent is uh, he's going to challenge the parent. The parent is going to get a message. He knows he's he's been challenged, and then he's going to come and, and try to play with uh, together with uh, with his child. That's awesome. 
that, I, I love mean, that. the sky is really the limit here. That's, I mean, I mean uh, that's revolutionary. That's answering all these different questions that that teachers have. Is how do we how do we make this happen? And so many, I, I think we're lucky. I'm, we're we're like in a club, so we're we're the the Generation Y club. And the reason that I think we're lucky and special is that we got to start with computers when they weren't very good. Yeah. When you know yeah, we, we all got to mess around with you Oregon know command Trail. prompts. Yeah, we played Oregon Trail. We played the first educational games. Yeah. We learned how to use uh, you know graphic user interfaces as they were just really being developed. Yeah. And so we understand not only what's on the surface level of technology, but we can look inside of it and understand how everything is interacting. Yeah. Um, people before us. They didn't care until they were forced to use computers, which is now. We're forcing all the old people to use computers, and they yep. don't have that same reference. Meanwhile, the younger generations, the Generation Z, it's been developed and user-friendly their entire lives. And it's completely and totally natural to them, but a lot of them don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, I've, I've seen, a, I've seen a, a great YouTube clip. You see a, a three-year-old sitting um, just near, near a table. There's a newspaper spread on that table. And you just see him looking at the newspaper and then trying to swipe the newspaper. And the, he doesn't understand why it's not just, you know, why is the page not turning? He's trying to, to, uh, to pinch it, you know, to, to make it smaller, bigger. He doesn't understand why nothing is happening. That's just hilarious. And that's, that's the Generation Z. That's where, that's where we're going. That, it, well, and that's, that reaction from a three-year-old is the same reaction that you get from many people, not all, but many, many seniors who try to use an iPad and yeah. can't find the button to turn it on and don't understand why they can't turn pages. Of know? course. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the exact same thing, just backwards. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. So how, how long do you think before I can play clarinet hero? Well, we're looking forward to releasing a new instrument, I think, once every six months or once every year. Um, because, I mean, the, the, the technology behind the, the, the sound recognition it's built in such a way that we can adapt it to any instrument. It's actually you can actually play the recorder game using your your clarinet, but I mean it's going to be in the higher octave. It's going to be hard to play. So the the hard part is actually designing the methodology behind it. Um, so that's going to take, and of course building all the the graphics, the UI, uh, all that. But we're looking at uh, I think the next instrument we're going to have is probably going to be guitar. And then I'm looking at uh, I'm really um, I'm really working hard to get it for band instruments, mm -hmm. which will include flute and, and clarinet and all the brass and everything. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty easy to do actually. So um, I would say I hope next year. I mean, in a year or a year and a half, it's going to be out there. I mean, I think in five years, I mean, almost any instrument you're going to be able to to start learning with this well, system. I can't believe how huge it is the jump between and how important it is that you can take and with your computer, with your iPad, use any microphone and not have any type of cables. So to just sit your iPad down and start using it as though that iPad were your, your method book, that's special. Because even when we were talking about smart music, cool tool, but you have to buy an expensive microphone in order to use it. Uh, that, you know, when you have 200 students do that, that's pretty crazy. But when it's this all-in-one solution with no cables to hook up, that's... I mean, all of a sudden, it went from being something that's kind of neat to something that's incredibly plausible and usable. Mm -hmm. Just that yeah. tiny jump. So that's that's what we we were thinking also. I mean, uh, the the budget for schools for music education programs is lower and lower. So we really have to keep it at a minimum expense. So that was the thought behind it. I I, I had a random thought about thinking way in the future. Um, you know, 
people have been using the Xbox Connect in ways that it wasn't designed to be used. And they're starting to take that technology and then write new programming for it and adapt it to actually do things like be able to recognize three-dimensional environments. And then you bring something in from the computer environment and make it react with that three-dimensional environment that it's reading in real life. You know, when they're starting to do that kind of stuff, yeah. I'm thinking, what if we hit a point, and maybe we're headed this way, where you can use this kind of technology for music in determining whether this person's playing with good technique. You know, whether the violin bow's moving the right way, whether their fingers, you know, are coming off the horn too far, or, you know, things like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we're definitely going there. That and, would be really uh, cool. That's not in the so far away future, I guess. I mean, we're going there. And we're also going, I mean, I, I said this, I keep, I, I'll keep saying it, the sky is the limit here because, uh, I mean, you can play a duet, like, on your real instrument with somebody from Beijing and um, have a cool ensemble just playing stuff together and, uh, or competing with each other, it doesn't matter. Actually, I, I have to, to mention, we have a kind of an experiment we made uh, around the Olympics. We, we released another... Uh, another app called the uh, Piano Summer Games. So it's pretty similar to the Piano Dustbuster. It, the skin is different, um, but it's, it's practically the same, and it's all built, built on national anthems. So the whole song, song catalog is national anthems. You can play each any national anthem you want, and you can learn how to play it, and you can play it uh, at your own pace, and then play it with, uh, with the actual wind instrument uh, band playing with you. And the special thing about it is not only you can learn to play the national anthem, but we opened, we made this experiment of opening real-time world competitions of playing piano. So, for instance, oh. we opened a window of half an hour that you have half an hour of, um, in real time that to play the Mexican national anthem the best way you can. It's open all over the world in the same half an hour, and you get three, three shots to play it the best way you can. And uh, the winners get the three winners get medals, gold, uh, um, gold, silver, and bronze. And then it's actually you're collecting medals for your country. You're actually representing your country in kind of the piano Olympics, playing national anthems. So it's a really cool stuff. And you and you, we had this cool uh, table of the we call it the clash of the countries. We can also, you can actually see see the medal counts of each country. And uh, it was really dramatic, you know. Uh, we had uh, suddenly people from the United States um, found, up, found out about this game. They started collecting all these medals, and the United States were ranked higher and higher. And then people from Thailand sometimes, there were like some crazy three people from Thailand playing 24 hours a day, collecting medals, <laughs> and all competing in every competition they, they could. And it was a competition between Thailand and, and, um, and the United States. Suddenly Germany went up, suddenly China went up. And it was just the crowd, and it's a really cool thing because we had the system that generates a uh, real-time article about the winners. So every time the competition ends, there's like a kind of a ceremony. You see yourself uh, on the on the stand receiving the medal if you if you want it, and um, and uh, then you see the medal count uh, go- going up, and then there's an article about you which everybody can read, art- uh, article about you saying how. This the, the, there was a drama on, uh, in the in the in the it was it's kind of um, it's archery and, and uh, volleyball that's kind of the, the games we have there. Um, there. There was a drama and this guy won after a close match and it's kind of an automated uh, generated article about you. And then it's a uh, it's a really cool thing because you you enter a competition 
and you see all the people all over the world who already play the competition and what their score is, and you recognize the people, oh, the Thierry from, from France, he's, he's driving me crazy, he has all these medals, <laughs> and I have to beat them this time because he beat me yesterday. And people were, were hooked up to this, and you know, it's kind of a patriotic, patriotic uh, mm. feeling to it. You're, you're representing your country, actually, in the kind of the World Piano Olympics. Wow, that, that, that's just revolutionary. You, that's incredible. You just, you, that, that just blew my mind, because you, you didn't say anything about this in your clinic. because I didn't have any time. That's yeah. what I was going to say. It, it definitely wasn't long enough. But you're like not only making people practice really hard of their own accord, being excited about it, really getting into it, developing all this skill you know, at playing the piano. But you're also like making them acknowledge that there's a world community now and that there's people in all these other countries and that they're just like you. And then you're also getting them to like try to beat the snot out of each other <laughs> at piano playing. It's, uh, I mean, that's like, uh, that's like a model of, you know, just everything that they want us to do in education. They want us to make the kids rea- uh, realize that there's lots of different cultures and they understand our similarities and our differences and, you know, understand what's going on. They want us to be playing national anthems from uh, other places. All these things are in, we, we have the, the, the TEKS, the T-E-K-S, not to be confused with the TEKS, which is a complete and total mispronunciation. <laughs> but uh, we, we have the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills. And these are the kind of things they're asking us how to do. And we're all sitting there going, how do we do this when we can't even get our kids to practice? And you're getting them to do it while they're practicing. And yeah. they're excited that's and this is, was actually very interesting because peop- we had, I mean, we're Israeli-based, and we had people from all over uh, the country, including Arab countries, playing this game and competing. They had to play the Israeli, the Israeli an- national anthem, and sometimes Israeli people had to play the Saudi Arabia an- national anthem or the Egyptian an- national anthem and compete with that. So, I mean, uh, we're actually promoting kind of knowing knowledge of n- different national anthems and that's really a cool thing. I mean, um, that seriously, that got, that got me really thinking. I mean, I, I made all the arrangements for all this, so I know all the national anthems by heart by now. <laughs> but people really kind of, oh, the Egyptian national anthem is pretty nice, actually. I mean, um, so maybe they are not so different than, than us. I mean, uh, they have a cool national anthem, and, I mean, it's kind of exciting, even quite emotional. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it sounds nice. And then you're playing the the Syrian national anthem or the Iranian national anthem, and for the, I mean the 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 impact for Israeli people or the opposite um, for Arab people to compete playing the the Israeli national anthem, I mean that's also mind blowing. That blew my mind mm-hmm. when I saw suddenly that uh, people from Qatar were were collecting all these medals playing the Israeli national anthem. Man, what's your favorite national anthem? Ooh, musically, ooh. From, from strictly just a musical perspective. This is this is a great question. Taking uh, a, taking politics aside, you, you you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but well, we want you a, to. I have several uh, several favorite ones, and I was doing all these all the arrangements, and I had many favorite ones on the way that I thought, oh, this is a cool one, and this is a cool one. I mean, you have some European ones and the Brazilian one that sounds just like opera. The Brazilian is really cool. Uh, it sounds like an opera um, kind of overture, and I'm a classical musician, so I like that pretty much. Uh, the Russian one is, mm. is, really, is really nice, quite emotional. Uh, but there are also kind of, um, um, kind of little country ones that are surprisingly like Kazakhstan and all these places that have amazing anthems. And, uh, 
It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick. I love Russia's. You'd never Russia know. is a is a very 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 strong one. I well, think. And if you're from the United States, you may think that national anthems can't be really, really musically crazy. We were just having a discussion about how weird the United States national anthem is. We have a weird national anthem musically. The melody's weird. It's hard. The range is real wide. Yeah. Lots of secondary dominant stuff going on, and it, but it doesn't make a lot of sense musically. You're just like. And we have better songs than that that are very patriotic. Like America the Beautiful is such a wonderful song. Yeah. And I would, I would much rather sing that. <laughs> and right. listen to people sing that, you know? But well, the American National Anthem is uh, one of the most challenging ones. Yeah. Uh, and, and the range-wise and also, I mean, the, the things that you, the harmony and stuff. It's, it's, actually, it's kind of, kind of unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. one, one thing I noticed uh, with a lot of small countries, uh, sometimes that they... They're really trying to look uh, Western, like if it's a small country that's uh, not in the like a member of the like the the known Western world. Sometimes they choose a national anthem that would sound as Western as possible, and then it's kind of boring because sometimes they they don't do a very good job. It's just it's very predictable. It's not really emotional, and uh, but I mean you get all these all this this, this information, all this uh, sense when you're just picking up different national anthems. Uh, I mean, uh, Bulgaria, for instance, it's a very special national anthem. Um, and that's, I mean, just knowing, I mean, it, you're, gonna, you're kind of getting the sense of a cultural sense and a global cultural, cultural sense when you're playing that game. So that's, that was the, one of the things I liked about it. Man, that's fantastic. Man, I've really, really enjoyed this interview. This, this has the, been, this, that, is, this is so cool. This is really awesome. Is there any last words, remarks that you kind of want to add? Did we miss anything? We, before we close in. Uh, I don't think we missed anything. I'm really happy to have the chance to talk about it. Um, just go and try it. Um, it's just, the download is free uh, for the Recorder Master. It's completely free for, for the, uh, the Piano Dustbuster. Then, I mean, you get a bunch of free songs. If you want, you can upgrade, but uh, you don't have to. And just try it out. And uh, if you have any comments, uh, you can just contact us. If you have any ideas, uh, we're checking the, all the ideas and comments all the time. We'd love to be in contact with anybody who has an idea um, or a comment or wants to join the team. We're hiring. So um, mm-hmm. just contact us and tell, tell us what you think. Yeah. And also, if you have a song request, um, that's a very, very big part. Uh, yeah. We've been adding songs all the time, mm-hmm. every week. So uh, if you have a song request, we're trying to, to, uh, to do that as well. What's, what's your native tongue, like your native language? Uh, Hebrew. Hebrew. Oh, so it really is Hebrew. How do you it's say Hebrew. freemusiced.org in Hebrew? Freemusiced.org. Oh, it would be free music education. Free music education. Chinuch musicali chinam. Um, that would that, that would be free music education. That org is like Nekudak uh, um, org. <laughs> that's, that's that's so cool. Hebrew right. such a cool language. That's right. Ah, well, uh, again, thank you so much for talking to us. This was so cool. We had no idea we were going to be interviewing you uh, until right before this interview started. So that was that was so perfect. <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you very much for and have fun, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank Freemusicet.org. you. Freemusicet.org.